Why can't we have nice things? Why can't the New York Jets ever have nice things? Gang Green entered Thursday night's matchup against a mediocre Colts team at 2-5 and five, with more hype for a game than we've seen in years. All of it to watch a backup QB that pulled out our heartstrings on Halloween Sunday at MetLife Stadium. The dude with the most common name ever, Mike White. No, 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 no. Mike effing White. The Jets' backup quarterback that nobody had heard of before last week had us all hooked after a magical 405-yard, three-touchdown game and a miraculous 34-31 Jets win over the Bengals. The team showed life that we just were not accustomed to, and we loved it. We were waiting all week for Thursday night to see what his next act would be. And after falling behind 7 nothing early, Magic Mike had us ready to run through a brick wall when he led the Jets to a game-tying touchdown drive to a wide-open Elijah Moore in the first quarter. People were rushing online, including myself, to order their black or white white jersey. And then we quickly realized that this is the Jets we're talking about. We are Jets fans. All we know is pain and suffering. So, of course, White hurt his wrist on the touchdown pass. And he was done for the night. The Jets defense, they crapped the bed. They fell flat on their faces. Jets lose 45-30. We're two and six. Will we ever get nice things? The Gang's All Here podcast on the New York Post is next. Here's one to the end zone. Wide open, Elijah Moore. And that is touchdown number one through the air for the rookie from Ole Miss. Well, Mike White is getting his right hand or right wrist checked on the sideline, and obviously that little grab by the physician down there didn't feel so good. Right back to offense, go to Colts. Wow! Taylor's gone! Jonathan Taylor! Goodbye, touchdown, Indy! This one up for grabs, and night-night picked up. Karake is there for the Colts, and that will, in essence, end it. Welcome back to Gangs All Here, our Jets podcast on the New York Post. Jake Brown, Brian Costello here. Those sounds you heard, courtesy of Joe Buck and Fox. Lachey Doosable, friend of the program, former Jets defensive end, is going to join us later in the show. But, Kaz, you heard my little open where I kind of just vented a little bit. But, man, we keep saying it. Everyone tweeted, why can't we have nice things? That was the start of your story in the post. Why? I mean, it's unbelievable. All the hype. Mike White throws a touchdown. The game's tied. You're going into the game so pumped up for a Thursday night against the Colts where usually you might go play at a dinner with your significant other on a Thursday night against the Colts. You're usually not going to be that invested. I'm here. I'm locked in. Got my popcorn. I got my Coke. I got my snacks. I'm ready for the game. So zoned in on the edge of my couch. Mike White touchdown. Literally, I, I tweeted. Lawrence Tyne tweeted me saying, I'm about to order a Mike effing white jersey. And then you hear an update. I see your tweet. Mike White is being looked at on the side. I'm like, you got to be kidding me right now. And then Josh Johnson's great cause. He comes in. He's electric. Doesn't look like a guy who hasn't played since 2018. But the defense sucks it up. Just a pure trash performance. 45 points. It's 28-10. They fight back. They nearly have the backdoor cover for the ages, which I know a lot of gamblers were about to be happy about. Eight yards away. And they lose. We get the offense going. The defense sucks. We get Mike White going. Mike White gets hurt. We win a game. We lose a game. I mean, 
Good Lord, have mercy. It's frustrating being a fan of this franchise. Yeah, I feel for you, Jake. I tweeted it during the game. I feel bad for Jets fans. You guys have endured a lot (laughs) in your fandom. And, yeah, it was the universe kicking in the nuts again, Jake. You got a guy, this backup quarterback, no one expected anything of, 405 yards, three touchdowns. His jersey's in the Hall of Fame now. You know, there's Cinderella's story, and then Cinderella's glass slipper broke in the first quarter. And, you know, Mike White's on the sideline. The good news is, Jake, if you're looking at this glass half full, not a serious injury. Sounded like... He, you know, he may have even been able to come in in the fourth quarter if they thought that was a smart move. Uh, at that point, they didn't think it was smart to put him back in. But uh, the expectation is he'll be he'll be fine for next week. But yeah, it's funny. The quarterback's not the biggest concern right now around the Jets, Jake. It's this is defense. Uh, they've been eviscerated for the last three weeks, and you're honest about it. They didn't play great against the Bengals. They played they did some good things against the Bengals, but they still gave up 30 points in that game. You know, but 54, 45. Uh, these are huge numbers and 500 yards again, 260 yards rushing. Uh, that's the first time since 2007 the Jets have given up 260 yards rushing. For as long as I've been around the Jets, Jake, I covered this team in 2011. Defense has been the calling card. And even when the offense was terrible, the defense still had some pride. And, and especially against the run, the defensive line, whether it was Muhammad Wilkerson or Sheldon Richardson or Leonard Williams or Snacks Harrison, uh, now Quinnen Williams, they, that's always been where their best players have been. And they've done well, but they were just awful Jake awful they basically did everything wrong they were getting blocked they were taking bad angles they were in the wrong gaps we'll talk to Leger Doosable about it later but it was just pitiful and I'm not sure what they do to to get this thing fixed right now because I mean I'm almost speechless I mean it's just it's it's unbelievable I mean and the fact that Josh Johnson comes in and is electric. I mean, very electric? good. I, electric? I really? 317 yards, know, three touchdowns. But most of that I damage mean, was done after they were down 42 to 10. Like, Still, he made the throws. He made some nice throws. He ran play. the ball. I get that, but right. they were celebrating in the middle of the third quarter. They they won the game. They were thinking about, hey, what are we gonna do after the game? Oh, you know, we got a three day weekend coming up. You know, what's there? But listen, you, you play what's in front of you, and and and, jo- and Johnson- electric electric's a little strong. Listen, twenty seven forty one, three seventeen, three touchdowns for a guy who hasn't played really since twenty eighteen. To me, that's electric. That's a great performance boogie, for a guy boogie, no boogie. one expected it from. Woogity woogity woogity, Mike White. Oh my goodness! I mean, the common name Jets Johnson and Johnson J and J, Zach Wilson to Mike White to Josh Johnson to Ty Johnson. You know, everything in this offense is starting to click, and the defense. I mean, and you get C.J. Mosley back. I know you lost Bryce Huff, who goes to IR, a couple injuries on the defense, but for the most part, they have a lot of the key guys on the field healthy, and they put up that clunker, making Carson Wentz look like this Hall of Famer, 22 of 30, 272 yards, three touchdowns, QB rating 91.9, a rating of 134.3. I mean, he just lit it up. They put no pressure. He was only sacked once for zero yards of, you know, you get a sack for zero yard loss. The defense put nothing and then 260 yards on the ground. Jonathan Taylor, fantasy owners, I am one of them, was happy with that performance. I'd rather him have much less yards and my fantasy team lose and my real life team win. Uh, Unfortunately, that wasn't the case. They shredded that. I mean, Hines, too. They just ran right through that defense. And for a defensive coach, and we'll talk about it with Leger, Robert Sal, he's got to be embarrassed out there. He really does. And Cam, if you want to play, we'll play the Robert Sala had uh, had some stuff to say about the defense. Here's what Sala said about the defense not being up for the task. You know, obviously it wasn't good enough. Um, 
you know, especially when a team runs the ball the way they did. Uh, we knew that running, uh, they were going to try to get their run game started, especially with the, the way they'd been talking all week, um, trying to get uh, 28 going again. Um, they've got an unbelievable offensive line. And uh, obviously, we weren't up for the task. So I would have liked to see him be a little bit more fired up. I mean, if you knew all week that they were running the ball, uh, why couldn't you stop it? I would have liked to see a different approach, maybe, if you knew what was coming, cause And uh, they didn't seem ready for it. You know, Sal has got a lot to do to coach this defense against the Bills team that actually does have a good offense. The Colts have a Fugazi good offense. The Bills are a legit offensive threat yeah I don't put this one on coaching as much as players take I just thought the player I thought the defensive players just were getting blocked that's not coaching you know they, they were just getting blown off the ball they were taking terrible angles uh, when at the running backs receivers were running wide open to me this wasn't scheme this was poor poor execution by the players you know some of that there's some coaching to blame there but I, it's not the scheme that I'm talking about it's more you know did I'll have them ready to play and you light a fire under them they've given up 54 points and 45 points in two of the last three games I, I can't remember uh, a Jets defense playing this poorly uh, in, in this kind of stretch and they honestly they, they didn't play that well against the Titans defensively you know Derrick Henry had a lot of yards in that game it kind of got lost because they won the game they didn't play that well in London remember Kyle Pitts came out there and had a monster game against them and Cordell Patterson like it wasn't hard to figure out who the Falcons were going to in that game with uh, Calvin Ridley out and they couldn't stop them and the Bengals game they did some good things with the goal line stand and uh, the stops in the fourth quarter but they still gave up a lot of points in that game yeah they, they got a lot of work to do on defense and it's funny Jake I thought the secondary was going to be the weakness of this team you know and they didn't have a great game either last night but I, the defensive line which is supposed to be the strength didn't show up you know CJ Mosley is the anchor that defense let's hear what cj mosley had to say about where the defense faltered giving up those 260 rushing yards one one is hard to give up 260 rushing yards and win a game that's that's probably gonna be impossible to do unless you got turnovers which we didn't get and um, also when you you know when you get down two plus touchdowns it's just it's hard to always come back um every game that we lost that's that's been the case we've been down two plus touchdowns in the games that we were in and won you know it was a close game so we just gotta we gotta find a way you know no, great teams and <clears throat> great teams and great players. One built in a day, one built in one season. You know, it's, it's gonna it's gonna take time. It's gonna uh, we got to build our chemistry. It's alarming. I mean, cause you know, week one, throw out the door because it's it's Sam Darnold and he sucks. But Patriots, Jets, you lose twenty five six. Broncos, Jets, it's twenty six nothing. The Falcons game was 27-20, but it didn't really feel as close. 54-13 clunker against the Patriots, 45-30 against the Colts, and that was friendly because, you know, the as you said, the Colts basically gave up. That was a 42-10 game at one point. They are just getting the doors blown off of them in a lot of these games, and you know, the close ones they won against the Bengals and Titans by a field goal, but every other game they've essentially got torched, and that's alarming. I know it's a young team and they're growing, but you want to see a little bit more competition as as excited we were for Mike White and excited about the offense doing things. You want these games to be more competitive and, you know, outside of maybe eight yards away and an onside kick on Thursday night from being a one score game. They just haven't been competitive. And that's, you know, that's on the players for sure. But coaches got to get this right as well and turn this thing around. Yeah, sure. Fans love hearing CJ Moses say it's going to take a lot <laughs> might take a few years to get this thing turned around. Ugh. Yeah, this offseason is going to be interesting, Jake, because I know you guys are out of patience, the fans, and I'm figuring ownership's running out of patience. You know, Robert Sala just got here. It's not running out of patience with him, but I think this is going to be a quick fix offseason where they spend a lot of money to try to try to get better in, in 2022 quickly, and that doesn't always work long term, but I think they might take the short-term gains from it. And um, you know, the other thing, Jake, 
that CJ just talked about, about, you know, maybe you get up 260 yards if you get turnovers. They get no turnovers, Jake. Like, they just they get none. There were I two mean, fumbles, and they didn't recover they either them. one on the same drive. So oh. they are, they're right now minus 12 in turnover differential, the worst in the NFL. They have five takeaways this year, one interception, four fumble recoveries, which is down toward the bottom. There's a few other teams with them. Turnovers, he had any level of football, right? My 12-year-old son's football team. You get takeaways and you don't turn, turn the ball over, you're probably going to win most of the time. The Jets' defense gets no takeaways. And those two fumbles, would have, that would have been huge if they recovered one of them last night. 532 yards. I mean, how do you give up that many to the freaking Colts, cuz? And it was funny because Salah took offense. Someone said the Jets, the Colts took their foot off the gas in the second half. And Salah kind of said, you, you know, they didn't. They were throwing the ball in the fourth quarter with their starters. Well, throwing the ball is taking your foot off the gas. Because if they kept running the ball, it would have been worse. Because, like, yeah. they, they were at 260 for a long time. Because I had my stats up of, you know, when was the last time they did this? When, you know, that's not, and They saw that number and they're like, we feel bad for you guys. Yeah, yeah. So the Frank Wright did them a favor by throwing the ball to me. Like, you, you know, they were – that was calling off the dogs. If they kept running the ball, it might have been ugly. Uglier than it was. So. Frank Rice said, no gas, all break to Robert Sal. That's essentially what he said. This score could have been even worse. And I mean, could you at least cover the plus 10 and a half? I mean, my goodness, here I am, the sucker, along with many other Jet fans saying, Mike White just won us a game against the Bengals. Of course, we're covering 10 and a half against the Colts on Thursday night. Well, that did not happen. Injuries, man. It's part of the game. But unfortunately, in this situation, it, it took us out of a, a hell of a night. I think Mike White was going to have a big game. But guess what? I mean, Mike White could have threw for 500. The Jets probably still lose this game. That's what makes this more frustrating is that Johnson did a serviceable job. The offense did a serviceable job. The defense just crapped the bed. They really are the reason they lost this game. And that's, that's maddening. And now the Bills. I was ready to buy a ticket. I was ready to go. I was wow, ready to finally ready to go, make huh? my appearance. Jets, Bills, MetLife next Sunday because uh, I'll be down in Carolina on. for two weeks from the 18th to the 30th. So I'm like, let me go that Sunday against the Bills. And now, I don't know, at two and six, I mean, I don't know if the trek is worth going, Kaz, uh, oh, at two and six. So. Well, I know someone else that might not want to make the trek is Joe Flacco, right? I mean, Oh, my God. I, I, yeah, why wasn't he active? Trade. Can you, as a beat writer, tell yes, me what, what's can. going on? But this trade looks stupider and stupider as time goes oh, on. Because now Josh Johnson looks good. They, they basically yeah. were getting him because they didn't trust Josh Johnson. Like the thing with him showing up the Friday of that week, that, that blew everything up because you know, like the way the way the week works in the NFL season, they come in on Wednesday. Their week start on Wednesday. They have a really strong practice Wednesday, strong practice Thursday, light practice Friday, walk through Saturday, game Sunday, right? So he came in before the Bengals game on Friday. So he had one light practice on Friday, walk through game. Now it's a short week. They don't practice before a Thursday game. They have no practices. So he had no practice. He's, he's had one real practice with the team this whole time. So he couldn't be ready. He's he like he knows the offense a little bit from Denver, Baltimore, but he doesn't know it fully. I don't know if the Jets thought he was going to be in quicker, but this this trade just makes less and less sense. And now, well, because now how do you sit Johnson? Because he looks so good. How do you put well, him back on the practice right. squad? Well, yeah. yeah. How do you cut him? I, like I thought they were just going to get rid of Josh Johnson. I don't think he's going to stay on the practice squad if he's the fourth quarterback on the roster. Like that's not going to work for him. And I, I don't think they're going to want to carry four quarterbacks on the team. It's puzzling, and it makes you question the Jets' evaluation skills, <laughs> right? Because 
they didn't realize what they had in Mike White, clearly. You know, they, they had some faith in him, but no, I don't think they, they knew he'd be like this. They didn't know what they had in Josh Johnson either. Tom Brady and, you know, Joe Montana are the Jets' backup quarterbacks, and their starter is uh, Brooks Bollinger. Hey, are you a little worried that the Jets' offense looks so good with Mike White and Josh Johnson operating it and so bad with Zach Wilson operating it? I'm very worried. I mean, I mean, how do you trust Zach Wilson when the – I mean, maybe it's weeks and weeks of chemistry. I don't, there shouldn't be this much chemistry because they've only played with each other in practice. So that's why it's just – it's alarming for sure because they have the targets. You look at the offense. When you say quick fix offseason – a lot of the fixes are defense. I liked I like Ty Johnson is is great friend of the program. He's been great since he came on the show. By the way, that's the gangs all here effect. Denzel Mims is starting now. He's on the field a lot. Corey Davis will come back. The offense is is not the issue right now. The offensive line did a decent enough job. This defense is what the quick fixes in the offseason we're talking about. So the Jets have themselves. I mean, I'm just I'm just imagining the quarterback room, and you got Zach Wilson, Mike White, Josh Johnson, <laughs> Flacco, White, Wilson, and they're looking at each other. Don't forget, the, don't forget the seven quarterbacks coaches they have too, Jake. But four quarterbacks looking at each other. And here's Josh Johnson, who has, by the way, a third of the Twitter followers that I have. I mean, can somebody follow Josh Johnson on Twitter? Poor guy's been in the league forever. He's got 2,000 Twitter followers. Listen, this is a strange quarterback situation where the backups have looked great. Joe Flacco comes in here thinking he's the backup. Now he's got two backups that have played well. It is a weird situation for the Jets, and it's it's frustrating. But let's hope Mike Effing White plays at MetLife next Sunday. If Mike White is active and is the star, Maybe I will go to Jets Bills. I, I might have to see him one time before they they hang his jersey into into the Raptors, hang his jersey into Canton, Ohio. Leger Doosable, former Jets defensive end and friend of the program, is going to join Gangs All Here next. All right, joining us now on Gangs All Here, it's friend of the program, former Jets defensive end from 2013-2015. Catch him on the SNY Jets pre- and post-game. Does a great job there with Willie Colon, Bart Scott, Leger Doosable. Follow him on Twitter, at Leger Doosable. Leger, welcome back to the show. Whoa, you're a defensive guy. You're a defender. You got words for that defense uh, on Thursday night? Yeah, it was it was bad. I ain't even going to sugarcoat it, uh, Kaz and Jake. It was it was. It was pitiful, honestly. As as a defensive minded player, as a defensive player, and a guy that played in the system, that is as bad as it can get on defense. If you talk about a team coming into the game, you knew who was going to run the ball effectively. You knew what Jonathan Taylor was bringing to the table. You knew what this Indianapolis Colts offense of line was bringing to the table. The Jets got manhandled. They got out physical. Those are two things you never want to hear as a defender. They just didn't play with fundamentals or technique. You heard Jared Davis in the postgame say, you know, that big run from Jonathan Taylor. He kind of backdoored the, the run play there. And granted, I get why he kind of did it. It was because the defensive line didn't play well at all. There were so many times in that game where an offensive center or guard would get to the linebackers untouched. And, you know, when you're dealing with that through the first three quarters of the game, it wears on you as a linebacker, but yet you still have to you know, do your job, play with your fundamentals, do your technique. Too many guys on the defensive line were, were backdooring blocks. They were getting two-gap. When I say two-gap, I mean if they had like the A-gap responsibility, they would be in the C-gap, and they'd get you know scooped by the office of center and guard. And that's something you can't have. Yes, this is a penetrating defense, but it's still gap sound. You have to you know take care of your gap while still being you know violently getting off the ball and penetrating in the backfield. It's, it's not just free range where you're allowed to, to, to backdoor every block. And 
and there was a lot of that going on last night. Is this what the Jets' defense is? I mean, they've had some clunkers here throughout the season. They've had a few. I think they've overperformed what we expected. We knew they had a young, inexperienced secondary, and they were relying on a lot of young players. But is this just a bad defense, Leger? I mean, you are what you put on tape. I would say the first you know, four weeks of the season, this defense was playing at a, a high level. I'm not going to say elite, but a high level and higher than expectations. But two out of the last three games and Cincinnati game, you know, the offense had three turnovers. They put the defense in some bad spots. And even then, the defense still had a goal line stance. I would say they didn't play their greatest football versus Cincinnati, but they, they played complimentary football versus Cincinnati. Was able to get a turnover that really swayed the game there at the end. But two out of the last three weeks, I mean, it's, it's just been bad. And, you know, I feel for, for Robert Sala, right? You're a defensive-minded coach. That's supposed to be your calling calling, and your defense is, is going out there laying eggs. I mean, we got a 45-point game and, and a 50-burger put on our head two out of the last three games. So you are right now what, what the tape says you are. And so right now, this is what this defense is. Now, they have to go take a hard look in the mirror. And you hear people say it all the time, but especially after a game where you get manhandled like that, you literally have to take a hard look in the mirror because it had nothing to do with scheme. It was a schematic. Now, they could have did some adjustments. I felt like they could have slanted the D-line a little bit more once they saw that what, you know, the coach were going to come out and start double teaming the D-tackles, play in and play out, scooping and getting to the next level. There's some things they could have did, but at the end of the day, as a defensive line, there's no way you just continue to get punched in the mouth like that and, and don't fight back. This morning, right now, the Jets are last in yards per game defensively in the NFL and last in scoring defense. So it doesn't get much worse than that. Leger, do you think we've we've overrated the defensive line? I don't I don't think we overrated it. I just think injuries have played a major part in this. You know, you lose Carlos in the beginning of the year. You can clearly tell that John Franklin Myers isn't 100%, but he's out there fighting for his teammates. Uh, Bryce Huff, like a lot of people haven't talked about that injury. That is a major injury. Like this kid was bringing some juice off the edge, and he's missed the last two weeks. And I believe they just put him on IR, so you don't know how long he's going to be out. So now you're talking about the depth of the defensive end position. They've had Sheldon Reagans go out there. And, and to me, you lose one of your best D tackles when you do that. Guys have to step up. And I know it's a cliche, but that's literally what it is. Guys have to step up. And you can't allow what happened last night to happen. Mike White. Mike effing White. I mean, I, I said this earlier. Why the can't show, the Jets have nice things, man? It's literally the first line of the podcast today. Why can't we have nice things? Why can't the Jets? Why can't the fan base? I was ready to run through a brick wall going to the game. Then he throws the touchdown pass. I'm like, Mike effing White. Like, he's electric. And then, you know, the injury news comes out. What do you think happens here? Do you, if Mike White is healthy and good to go next Sunday against the Bills, does he start over a healthy Zach Wilson if Zach is healthy? I believe Mike White has earned the right to play at least one more game, start one more game. The thing with Zach, this is be the first week he actually practices. So, like, do you just throw him out there after one week of practice coming off a knee injury like that? I feel like bare minimum they should wait two weeks to, to roll Zach back out there. I believe Mike White has deserved a chance to start if he's healthy enough. And it seems like he got most of the grip back in his hand and his forearm was feeling a lot better towards the end of the game. But, the you know, the game was out of balance, so they didn't want to risk throwing him back out there. So I believe Mike White ultimately, if he's healthy, starts this week versus Buffalo. And then I would not be surprised if Zach Wilson takes the reins after the Buffalo game. Well, Jay, take me inside the mind of a, a veteran player on this team when it comes to the quarterback decision. Because I've always said the players know. We're not allowed in the locker room right now, so we can't have these conversations. But in the past situations, you talk to players, and they know, you know, hey, this guy is playing better right now. Do you think guys in that locker room would agree with you and say, hey, let's roll with Mike White a little while here and see what we got in him? I actually had this discussion this weekend. As players in the locker room, you know who gives you the best chance to win, right? But you also know that there's a process in all this thing, right? And you knew what you kind of signed up for this year being a New York Jet. Now, some guys were under their rookie deals, 
they didn't know any better. And then there's, but the guys that came in in free agency, they, they kind of knew, well, some of them knew, some thought Sam Donald was going to be here, but you knew it was going to be more or less a rebuilding year. You know, head coach Robert Sala and GM Joe Douglas have both said there's a premium on winning, right? And the one game that Mike White started and finished the game, he won. Yes, it's about developing Zach Wilson, but part of that development is him learning and sitting on the sideline. But you also have to develop this young roster too and see what you have. There's always talks behind the scene. And if Mike White goes out there and plays like he did versus Cincinnati, played like he did versus New England, played like he did for two drives versus the Indianapolis Colts Thursday, then you're talking about a potential trade piece in the back end. Or, you know, if he you know, ends up being like Tony Romo or, or Kurt Warner, you're talking about maybe trading Zach in two or three years. I believe ultimately Mike White will go out there and play um, because the team believes in him right now. But ultimately, I think they know that Zach Wilson will, will get the reins again. And, you know, hopefully that the, the rookie will learn from what Josh Johnson did, from what Mike White did and show that you can be efficient in this offense and potentially take shots down the field once one when it's time. You don't always have to take shots down the field every single player. You can just be efficient in this offense by getting rid of the ball, throwing it where it needs to, to go, and even taking checkdowns. We saw Ty Johnson again yesterday with another catch and run, I think, of 22 yards and a touchdown. He did it the week before versus Cincinnati Bengals. So just finding your backs out of the backfield, finding the void in zone coverages and getting the ball out of your hand with accuracy – will get you 400 passing yards. Because if you look at a combination of Josh Johnson and Mike White yesterday, again, the Jets threw for over 400 yards. So that's back-to-back weeks of throwing for over 400 yards, not trying to force the ball down the field, but literally taking what the defense is giving you. So again, yes, players on the team, you know, as a player, you're like, well, this guy gives us the best chance to win. But you also have to know that this is a process. And you took a guy two overall. So the team is going to have to, go out there and, and put him on the field and also see what he can do as a quarterback and evaluate him. So guys know that. I think the Mike White story is a fun story and and, and a guy that teammates root for and, and they love his work ethic. Obviously, you hear everybody talk the world about him. So you, you can tell that he's put in work behind the scenes and they're excited to see him get his opportunity. And I believe he gets one more. This is why it's just so tough being a Jets fan. It's like having the two like women. You got the crazy girl, and then the nice girl is probably too nice for you, and you're trying to pick which one is the right one for your future, and you yeah. just don't know. Sounds like I've been through this before. But hey, is you know, this therapy, <laughs> is this therapy, Jake? Like, we just have some therapy. <laughs> Jets, Jets therapy and, uh, romantic therapy. Yeah, quick therapy. Well, we need it here because it's so tough because we're so excited about him, and then he gets hurt. We just don't know what to do. And then, you know, you look at the schedule ahead, and I hate looking too far ahead, but after the Bills, we were talking you get about the lousy Dolphins night. twice. Yeah. You get the Texans, you got the night. Eagles, you got the Saints with their backup quarterback, the Jaguars. And the only tough games on the, are the two games against the Bills and then the Bucks on January 2nd. So, like, this is why it's frustrating, Leger, because they're showing signs to win some football games. You know, they have games on the schedule they could win, and then this happens. It's it's frustrating. And I, and I get it, Jeff fans. It's, it's been, you know, a decade. So I, I get it. Trust me. But you had to realize this was a process. And even the head coach, Robert Sala, has come out earlier in the year and said, sometimes we're going to look like the best team. Sometimes we're going to look like the absolute worst team. And that's what happens when you have a young team. And, and I, I liken it to 2017 when I was with the San Francisco 49ers and Kyle Shanahan's first year. Now, we won six out of the last seven to finish the season. But there were games like, you know, Robert Sala talked about the Dallas game. Like, that is a game I always remember. It was bad. And I remember him saying that after the New England game. Like, that's the only other time he felt like that. Like, that game was bad. Like, they literally were able to do whatever they wanted to in the run game. I mean, they didn't really kill us in the past game. Jason Witten had two, you know, two red zone touchdowns. Both were miraculous catches 
But if you just felt helpless on defense, like you couldn't do anything. I mean, there are going to be games like this when you're playing with a very young team, guys that, you know, aren't used to being out there playing on on NFL Sundays or Thursdays or Mondays. I would just don't have any Monday games. This is going to happen when you have a young team. There's going to be some ups and downs. It's going to be a roller coaster. And the thing is, Jet fans should be used to that, right? This is the team that, that, that gives you that roller coaster vibe every single year. There's always hope eternal. And then your heart just gets crushed. But more so this year, just because of this is a young team that this is going to be a process not so much the whole season with jay but these last i'm probably the last month or so has reminded me of 2013 jets your first year with the team yeah where it was like one week one week i think you guys beat the patriots in overtime yeah one week. <laughs> and you lost by like you lost by like 40 points to the Bengals, and then you beat drew Brees and the saints the following week and it was like exactly you're, you're looking at this you're like how did they beat the titans and the Bengals, who are two good teams then they're getting smoked by the patriots and colts who are, are not bad teams but they're not they're not elite teams either so does it does it remind you of those i like i like that comparison cause because if you look at that team right it's constructed similar to this team as far as a rookie quarterback. Most players were two years and under. You talk about Damon Snacks Harrison was only in his second year. Q Copels was only in his second year. Now you had guys like me, David Harris, and, and Pace, and, and the Jets have that sprinkled in too with C.J. Mosley, Marcus May, and we're praying for the best for him, for him and, and Jared Davis. So you had veterans sprinkled throughout that, but most of that team was year three and under, just like this Jets team. So you're going to have games, like you said, when we played the Saints and they were, you know, playoff favorites every year. And we go out there and win and we beat the New England Patriots. But then there'll be games where we get smoked by the Bengals. And you're like, how the hell do you get smoked by the Bengals? Albeit, I believe the Bengals went to the playoffs that year and they had been on a run of going to the playoffs a few years in a row. But I mean, you just don't expect to get smoked by the Cincinnati Bengals. But, you know, that game happened. When you have a young team, there's going to be highs, there's going to be lows, there's going to be ups and downs. Like, literally, it's going to be a roller coaster ride. I know Jet fans had a lot of expectations and hope but to me honestly and I don't like to put numbers on this I said if the Jets win six games and somebody said that was high I was like this would be more than a successful season if they win six games so it's all about the process this year it's, it's really not about the win-loss record yeah I mean if you beat some of the teams you should looking ahead of the schedule and the offense plays like they have the last couple of weeks they got a shot the thing is the, the Jets just got to play division champs you know division leading teams right we can beat the Cincinnati Bengals we can beat the Tennessee Titans who knows you know they take out the <laughs> Buffalo Bills just give us the top teams we don't want the mediocre teams teams in the middle <laughs> give the jets the top teams in the division and let them go to work Lejay's for looking real. forward to that bucks game at the end of the season he's looking oh, forward yeah. to that. Yeah, the yeah. buffalo game and the bucks game yeah for sure yeah, those are wins the bucks will score 84 points in that game on January 2nd. Happy New Year. Welcome to MetLife Stadium. It's four degrees. The Jets play like they did yesterday. They might score 100. And I know, and I kind of know the Bucks defensive coordinator a little bit. Oh, you didn't know that's a game he's going to be juiced up. Yeah, yeah. He's going to be juiced up. But Zach Wilson, Mike White, whoever's quarterback, they're going to see a lot of blitzes that day. Oh, 100%. Salah, you said, you know, that game you talked about Dallas when when he was coaching up the defense, San Francisco. And what happened after that game? Because now we we look ahead we look ahead of this bills game what does salad do is he the kind that's gonna yell at these guys pull a joe judge and make them run laps what is salad's approach to get this defense turned around because yeah, that's working for the giants right now right still the like <laughs> most undisciplined team in the nfl like, i've never seen a team and i have a lot of friends leonard williams is like my brother um so i have a lot of guys over there uh, that I know uh, Austin Jackson's a really good dude that I know they just make some of the most undisciplined penalties and undisciplined plays at pivotal points in the game like I, I've never seen anything like it the one thing about Robert Sala is 
the authenticity of who he is. Like the guy that you see during interviews, that's literally who he is, you know, in the locker room or in on the practice field in meeting rooms. Like he didn't yell or scream or none of that. He was just saying, guys, we didn't execute. Um, it was almost like a burn the tape type thing. I would say with this Jets team, you can't do that because you kind of already had a game like that versus the New England Patriots. So it's something you definitely need to go over. Um, we watched the film and we corrected. And next week we played the eventual Super Bowl champs and we play, had the best defensive performance against them than anybody that year. So, <laughs> I mean, I went out there, I, I believe I had two sacks, like three for loss. And our defense was playing really well. I believe we were only down by three to late in the second quarter. Then we got a, a BSPI call and they went ahead and scored and they went up by 10 at half. And then I think we ended up losing the game by like, 20. The offense didn't help us much. CJ Bethard was pressed into action. I believe we were down to our sixth and seventh offensive tackle because like all of our offensive tackles got hurt that game. It was bad, but our defense went out and played a really good game. And I was proud of those those young guys in the locker room for that. Yeah. Again, it wasn't about wins and losses that season because it was a very young team. It was the first year of, you know, Kyle Shanahan's head coaching uh, career. I just like that the team came back and fall after the way we played versus the Dallas Cowboys. So I would expect this team to do that. You know, we got a division game versus Buffalo. You know, nobody's going to give the Jets a chance. And that seems like when they, they have their best chance, like when people actually pick them to win games is when they struggle. When nobody gives them a chance, that's when the Jets show up. So I'm looking forward to them back bouncing back. A guy like C.J. Mosey is going to be pivotal this week and, and getting that defense ready because, like, you need your leaders once you have a game like that. That 2017 49ers team comes up a lot, Leger. Salah references it. Mike LaFleur references it. For our listeners who may not be as familiar, they, that team started 0-9. That was Kyle Shanahan's first year there. Then you guys won six year last seven, finished 6-10. and 10. I mean, you got Jimmy G playing at the end of the no, year. No, that was – I'm not going to lie. It's a big boost, obviously. Like, <laughs> uh, when you I'm get a player – well, I kind of liken it to like Mike White, a guy that just brought energy into the locker room. And it wasn't just for the offense. It was the defense too. Like the defense played extremely better, but that, that also helps when, you know, the offense is staying on the field. Kind of like we've talked about throughout the first couple of games in the season. Like your defense is going to play better if your offense stayed on the field. Now that didn't equate to what happened yesterday because the offense for the Jets stayed on the field most of the game, but the Jets defense still couldn't stop anybody. To me, that's the one off and all the rest of the games were the the Jets have lost. The defense, you know, hasn't had much help. They haven't been able to stay off the field. They've been averaging close to 30 plays in the first quarter, which is ridiculous. If you do the trajectory in math, it's almost 120 plays a game. And they actually had over 100 plays versus Tennessee Titans. When your defense is, is gassed like that, it's going to be tough for them to rush the quarterback. It's going to be tough for them to get to the ball and make tackles. You know, in a, a Thursday night game, the effort was there. I'm glad the guys never quit, but I would say earlier in the season, especially like when Austin Davis punched the ball away twice, more times earlier in the season, more Jet players would have been around to try to jump on that ball than we saw yesterday. And, and maybe it's because it was a short week in Thursday game, or maybe it was because they were just getting the ball ran down their throats. When Austin Davis makes two good plays, and I know he's gotten a lot of scrutiny and he's gotten some from me. To me, he had his best game of the year yesterday um, as far as being a sure tackle. Now, he did get out leveraged on, on a couple runs, but as far as him just attacking the football, he did a, a way better job than he did in the first couple of weeks. And granted, this guy missed all the, you know, all season in training camp. So maybe it was going to take him some time to get adjusted back to playing football. But he played a really good game yesterday. 
do you relate a little to Mike White? You know, you were a guy who fought to be in a roster who's on the practice squad, off the practice squad, and and the feeling that the teammates had for him when he played well is, is this guy, you know, came up, he worked his ass off, he was off on the roster. You relate to that a little bit, and can you take us through that feeling of, like, succeeding at this level after bouncing around back and forth and finally getting that chance? Yeah, I talked about this post game yesterday, and I don't think most people understand this. The makeup of the roster is made up of mostly Mike White's. Like, I don't think people get that. Like, there's only one, maybe two first-round picks in your draft class each year. The Jets have been able to accumulate draft picks, but most of the time you only get one one first-round pick. You only get one second-round pick. So you got to think about that. If a guy stays on the roster for his whole rookie deal, so you're talking about four years. So in a span of four years, you might only have one, two, maybe three first-round picks on your roster, depending if that guy gets traded or actually – plays out his whole rookie deal, you're only going to have two to four second-round picks. So majority of the locker room is fourth-round pick, fifth-round pick, sixth-round pick, undrafted free agents. That's the makeup of the team. So it's easy for a team to really galvanize and to really root for a guy like Mike White. It's really easy for a guy like me who played 10 years as an undrafted guy to root for a guy like that because I've been Mike White, right? I've been released. I've been told I wasn't good enough and then, you know, exceeded expectations and no matter what would not say no. Like I was, I was refused to believe I couldn't play in this NFL. So when you have a guy like that, like guys really relate to him and they want to play for a guy like that, especially because they're in the locker room, they're on the practice where they see the work that he's put in behind the scene. And when I talked to Michael Carter earlier this week, he said he wasn't surprised that Mike White had the, you know, success that he had versus Cincinnati Bengals because he was like, that's what he does. Like I, he was like, I seen some, some of his throws in practice and they, he was like, they just wowed me. So I knew when it came to game time, he was going to deliver because I've seen the work that he put in. He just goes out there and works. So when you have a guy like that, like it's easy to root for him and, and he really can galvanize a team because majority of the team is Mike White. Let Mike cook. You, uh, Please, your suit cook. game. What do they got? Uh, you were looking fly in that. I don't know the color. It was burgundy. I don't know. Oh, it's like, it's like, a, like, like a velvet you. burgundy. Yeah, yeah. Appreciate that. What is that? Velvet? <laughs> what is that? Velvet? <laughs> <laughs> the coming to America special there. Leger Doosable. Catch him. He does a great job on the SNY pre and post game. Follow him on Twitter at Leger Doosable. Leger, always great to have you on. We'll have you back on maybe after the Jets win one or two more games. Maybe get into some kind of wild card race. We'll see what happens. <laughs> see, there it is. Y'all got to temper, temper that. The funny, thing is, we were, the funny thing is we were looking at the schedule yesterday and somebody was like, man, the Jets could go 10-7. I'm like, yo, chill. Just chill. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> like schedule-wise, yeah, yeah, it looks like that, but like just chill. Yeah, that's yeah, it. All right, Leger, appreciate you coming Thanks, on. Bro. No problem. All right, the venting is over as we wrap up episode 82 here. The Mickey Schuler edition of Gangs All Here, a Jets podcast from the New York Post. Thanks to Andrew Hartz for helping me out producing the show. And thanks to the new guy, the intern out of Syracuse, Cameron Ezare, for helping as well produce the show. Make sure you give us that five-star rating. Write in a nice review on Apple Podcasts, please. We appreciate it. You can follow me on Twitter at Jake Brown Radio. You can follow Brian Costello on Twitter at Brian Cos. You can read Cos's coverage of the Jets in the post and nypost.com. You can subscribe to Post Sports Plus. Free 30-day trial now. nypost.com slash sports plus. We are going to enjoy our weekend. We're going to not think about the Jets, and we're going to come back to you next Thursday. That's right, next Thursday to preview Jets bills. So make sure you join us. We will be joined by special guests, 
one of the greatest fullbacks in the history of the NFL, former Jet fullback, back in the days when they won, when they made the AFC Championship, when you needed a good fullback to be an elite team. That would be Tony Richardson, friend of the program. Looking forward to having T. Rich back on the Gangs All Here podcast. Well, for Brian Costello, I'm Jake Brown. I'm going to go have some fun this weekend and, and, and avoid thinking about the Jets. And if Mike White does come back next Sunday against the Bills, I might just have to make a trip to MetLife Stadium and go to that one and, and order my Mike F and White customized jersey. Mike F and White. I like that black one. Black is also slimming. And I'm going to go eat my feelings. So I might have to get the black one. Black XL to eat through my feelings. Thanks, everybody, for listening to Gangs All Here. We'll talk to you next Thursday. Enjoy your weekend. Take flight, I guess. Thanks, as always, for supporting Gangs All Here. Jake Brown, Brian Costello, uh, signing out.